Tuesday, December 12th, 2006. Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia Glova, and I'm on the phone with Cato's Director of the Center for Educational Freedom, Andrew Coulson. Andrew will discuss the perils of forced integration in public schools and the two relevant cases before the Supreme Court, Parents Involved v. Seattle School District No. 1 and Meredith v. Jefferson County Board of Education. What's being argued before the Supreme Court in these two cases? Well, the most controversial question that the court is going to rule on is the issue of whether or not school districts can assign students to a school based solely on their race. And this is extremely controversial because in an era when we're trying to promote higher quality education and more school choice, these students litigated this case because they were refused admission to a school of their choice solely because of their race. Does forcefully integrating schools benefit students in any way? Well, I think if you look at the history of compulsory integration policies, they don't appear to have done even the most basic thing that they were intended to do, which is achieve racial balance at the school level. The Harvard Civil Rights Project, for instance, has found that uh, public schools today are a little more integrated racially than they were before compulsory integration policies were introduced. Haven't schools improved drastically since Brown v. Board of Ed? Have the schools improved at all? If you look at academic achievement, there has been very little improvement over that period of time. Scores for younger kids in the elementary and middle school years have improved somewhat, but by the end of high school, achievement across the board has been fairly stagnant. And while there was some closing of the gap during the 80s between black and white students, that closing of the gap stopped in the 1990s, and really there's been very little progress made towards closing the gap. But what's the harm of at least trying to integrate schools? Well, the problem with these compulsory integration policies is, for one thing, that they assume that you'll get meaningful integration just because you compel the numbers of students of different races to be balanced in a particular school. But doing that doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have meaningful integration. It's common for students to just group themselves together into cliques by race or ethnicity, and they don't have much to do with each other. So we're chasing a mirage if we think that just mandating racial balance at the school level is going to create meaningful integration. And the the real harm that it's done is that, particularly with compulsory busing policies started in the 70s, but carrying on to these current policies, The public schools have driven the middle class out of cities that are affected by these policies because they've fled to schools where they do have more control over where their children attend school and what they're taught. And so these policies have really contributed to residential segregation in a very serious way, which is a major problem culturally for the U.S. Is there a better option to this? Oh, absolutely, there's a better option. The thing that we need to do is improve the quality of education for all kids and improve the choices available to kids simply by providing a system of financial assistance so that all families have access to the public or private schools of their choice would go a long way not just to promoting integration but also to improving educational outcomes. There was a study done recently by the Milton and Rose D. Friedman Foundation that found that school-level integration was much higher under voucher programs than it was under the public schools in the districts that those voucher programs served. And it's even been shown by an economist from Duke University named Thomas Nekiba that a voucher program or some other kind of financial assistance for private schools would greatly reduce residential segregation. So the benefits both in the school and in the community would be tremendous. 
That's an interesting phenomenon. Why do students tend to integrate better on the private level than when integration is imposed on the public schools by law? You know, that's a really interesting question, and in fact, you're right that there is a big difference in the way integration happens in private schools versus public schools. And the most interesting study that was done on this was by a professor at University of Arkansas, Jay Green, who looked at school lunchrooms. And he took photographs of the lunchrooms in both public and private schools in several cities, and he found that kids in the private sector were more likely to choose to sit with lunchmates of different races than kids in public schools. And it's been theorized by a number of sociologists that part of this has to do with the fact that kids in public schools don't really feel much of their identity comes from the school itself. They get their their group identity from the little cliques that they form. But in the private schools, which have more of a sense of mission of their own, the kids really feel like they're part of something because they're voluntarily attending this school. They get more of their identity from the school, and they see each other more as peers and equivalents, or equals rather, than is the case in the public sector. Any guesses as to how the cases before the Supreme Court will be decided? Well, it's really up for grabs. The court decided in a Michigan case that race could be used in admissions policies in higher education just a couple of years ago, but. This case is slightly different, and the court's slightly different now. The makeup of the court has been changed by Bush administration appointments. And so it's hard to say how the case will be resolved. But whichever way it is resolved, all it will say is whether or not it is legal for districts to use race in making these student assignment decisions. It won't tell us whether or not that's a good idea. So that's a decision that communities have to make for themselves. And I really think that this is a tremendous opportunity for us to look at the evidence on public schools and on school choice and to see that we can do a better job of serving all children, particularly minority kids, through a school choice program than we can through an effort to move black and white faces around like pawns on a chessboard. If you enjoyed this program, Consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and Audible.com.